0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 210 of the Running Rogue podcast. We continue our series of interviews led by Ruth and Jen. And for this week, I'm very, very excited to introduce the fact that my wife, Amy McClung, will be joining them in conversation. So it was actually the first interview in the series that Jen and Ruth did. So bear with them as they were working through their interview format. But I think what you'll see is in this conversation is that I'm married way up and that there's a lot of inspiration. That's not only I gain, but I think you can gain from my wife who is a doctor who is mom to our three kids and who is a life partner that I very much cherish. So with that, I'll turn it over to Ruth for a little longer intro of my wife and I hope you enjoy getting to know her a little bit. Here we go.
1: And so it's really exciting that our uh, fellow, um, Thursday night book group uh, person Amy is here to um, talk about her life because she is ex- you know to me she's extremely inspirational uh, three kids dermatologist extraordinaire extremely funny even though I'm not sure that she probably like me maybe maybe not likes that you guys all to say she is extremely funny and fun and so I'm really excited that mm-hmm. she gets to be our first person and we get to have her on. Yeah. So absolutely. I will let you finish.
2: Yeah, so absolutely. Uh, couldn't agree more. So we are really proud to uh, get to interview uh, someone who juggles a, a busy career as a doctor with being a mom to three very active kiddos um, and one sweet therapy doggo, um, being the wife to a man who runs a small business. Rogue that we, that we all know and love, Rogue. Um, and then both of them, you know, kind of managing their businesses as well as their family uh, through a pretty challenging time these last few months with COVID 19, trying to homeschool, keep these really active kids that no longer have their, their outlets um, alive and entertained. And then uh, she also happens to be, you know, one of my best friends, but, but to Ruth and I both, a personal inspiration, Dr. Amy McCall. So, welcome,
3: Amy. Thanks, guys. It's fun to be here. This is my first podcast. And um, I do not like my voice. So I will not be listening to it after it's done. Um, But, (laughs) but um, I can talk. I can talk a lot. So, you know, thanks for having me. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for being on our first Street Squad podcast, our inspirational podcast, and really helping us as well on Thursdays. We we definitely appreciate that. Um, I'm the same way. I'm not sure I am ever going. Actually, now that I'm the editor, I am going to be listening to the podcast, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to be cringing the whole entire time. Um, but um, you know, we're excited to help have your perspective. Um particularly on those Thursdays, um, especially since the book Roar is so um, really technical. And although we have claimed to be good readers, that's as far as it goes. So I think that's important for the group, um, your perspective, as well as the fact that neither Jen or I have had kids. And I think there are so many runners out there. Um, who've had kids. And so having that advice as part of it is really important, I think, for the group to be real legitimate. And so we appreciate, appreciate that and are really glad to have you on.
2: Thanks. Thanks. So, so Amy, you have, you've got a really interesting running history that not everybody knows. So will you share a little bit about kind of how, when, and what got you started running?
3: yeah so I you know, my dad was a runner when I was younger, and he had run several marathons. I remember going to San Antonio and Galveston. He did one in Galveston um but he did lots of marathons, and then when I was in um after fourth grade, we moved to Scotland, and I think that's when I went on my first run was in fifth grade in Scotland. And around that time, my dad, you know, said, let's just run for 12 minutes together. And then he would go for longer. Um, But there was something about, you know, the Cooper method and running for, you know, getting the aerobic activity for 12 minutes. So I remember doing my, some of my first runs in Scotland um, and we lived across from a river and, you know, it was really pretty there, but we did some runs together and so my dad definitely kind of inspired me and got me running. Um, and then after Scotland, we moved to Singapore, and that's kind of when I really got into it because um, my freshman year, I walked on I did cross country and track and then started running there. and then because I lived overseas, we did a lot of um, international travel uh, to compete, and so that was pretty cool because I got to do track and cross country and compete with, you know, Singapore, um, Malaysia, the Philippines. Um, So that was a really cool experience. And then after Singapore moved back to Houston, my senior year um, did cross country there and track and then um, ended up going to rice for university and, I decided to walk onto the track team um, or the cross country. And actually my roommate, we, at Rice, you just get, um, basically they select your roommate for you based on a questionnaire. And so my roommate was from Louisiana and she was a state champion there and was recruited to run at Rice. And so she was my roommate and the girls next to us were also on the track team. And so I walked on and uh I definitely was not um division one fast quality, but I did a season and you know, kind of did that for a year and then was offered a managing position and then did that, um, which was, you know, nice for financial support. Um and then let's see after that. See I told you I could talk a lot. Um, <laughs> um after that, uh yeah, I guess Went to med school and continued running. I ran my first marathon in college um, and then continued running some marathons through med school and, um, and then, you know, had some kids and <laughs> then ran some more marathons and then here I am. So today, a lot of,
2: <laughs> a lot of people don't know it too. So
3: you've got three kids. Yes. What are they, they are, are they are um eleven, nine, and
2: seven. So fifth, third, first grade. And, and oh saying they're really, really active. So will you talk about, you know, in this time when all of their activities, you know, are not happening, what you've been doing, how you're using running with kids.
3: So I'm trying to get them, um you mean during the COVID stuff right now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to get them just, you know, out of the door some. And um, at first, you know, when I, I, when everything was unfolding and, you know, you could still get like a mobile order from Starbucks, I would, I do a lot of bribing and negotiating with the kids, (laughs) but I would say like, (laughs) Hey, let's put in an order at Starbucks, you know, and, and um, I guess it's a little hot for hot chocolate, but something like hot, they could get hot chocolate. And then we would um, run, run slash walk, you know, two miles, get a drink, and then walk back. Um, so did some of that, you know, it's been a little harder to motivate them recently. Um, one, it's getting hotter. And then I think, you know, we're just all kind of sick of the, the situation right now. But I'm trying to get them out of the door when I can. Um, and sometimes it works well. The other Saturday I said, you each have to run two miles with me. And so <laughs> they took turns running, you know, and some of that turns into when can we walk? When's the next walk break? <laughs> um, you know, so I probably am going a lot slower than I should be, but it's good to, to get them all the, out and active. I think that's, that's amazing. Great advice, great advice yeah. for busy moms,
2: right? Like here's how, here's how to get in a six mile run three kids to run two miles each
3: with you not yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. just just get it done that way and there will be a little bit of complaining and a lot of negotiating that happens probably but uh yeah I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that it's always uh easy to get them out of the door <laughs>
1: Have you ever, I added curiosity because I think I heard Jen say this when we were d- kind of discussing interviewing you. So, do you also do relays with them or something? I thought I, I was just curious about the relay thing. And do you, or is there some relay thing or am I wrong?
3: No, I mean, I, no? more just, more just trying to, no, more just like the baton toss, like this person's going to go and then you have to be ready hmm. when they get back to come with me. And then this person has to be ready by this time. That more, more that kind of thing. Um, That sounds like a. Oh,
2: okay,
1: just.
3: Well, kind of, yeah, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) kind of that. Uh, You know, sometimes the other day we were running, and I was like, "Do you guys remember?" I I think they used to call it Indian sprints. I don't think they Mm -hmm. would probably call it that anymore. But where someone like leads away, and then they have to lead the way for a while, and then they drop to the back and then the next person leads the way. We did that for a little while. I mean, you know, trying to make it fun um because they they don't really think it's that much fun. <laughs> They're like, "We'd rather walk yeah. and we'd rather play soccer." And I'm like, "But you can't play soccer right now." And they were going <laughs> from doing um this year all three of them were playing soccer at least 3 times a week, you know. So they were going from being extremely like at least three hours of soccer a week. And I didn't realize how, how much running they did in soccer. I mean, I knew they ran in soccer, but I didn't realize what kind of shape they were in until we ran the turkey trot and we all did the 10K, um, including Elena, who was six at the time. And so, you know, seeing how long they could run and the endurance they had from soccer was really impressive as well but they've lost all of yeah, that, that is- You know, they, they went from doing that to all of a sudden having no, no physical, no organized physical activity.
1: Do you see the impact? I mean, I guess like from a mental standpoint that has on them, like, and, and this change where they don't have as much, I mean, I, I see it in myself, but do, do they, do kids express that as well? Like yeah. I get grouchy.
3: <laughs> yeah. I think it's, you know, it's, I think that, it's much harder on adults i think kids are a little bit more i mean i guess they say kids are more resilient but i think it's hard on the kids um like finley you know a couple of weeks into it said i miss school i really don't like this this homeschool mm. situation you know and i think you feel a lot of it for them is just the social aspect um and missing you know being around other people and playing a game where you're just moving through the game you know Mm -hmm. um i notice it i I mean i think it's just i'm not gonna lie they're on their screens the majority of the day now because they're doing you know learning through their ipads and computers and then they're for fun they're like we want to watch tv or do play a game on the ipad and i feel like i notice that and maybe it's just that I feel like it couldn't be good for them. It's not good for them, you know, but it doesn't seem to bother them as
1: much. Yeah, 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 I think my sister has two boys and she's noticed the same thing. So it's like, well, it is what it is right now, unfortunately. But yeah, it's yeah, interesting sure. The I like the relay thing we may have to I may have to tell her about that so that she can do it. She can do it as well. Um, so what do you what has running brought to your life? over the years since you've been doing it, since uh, you've lived overseas?
3: <laughs> you know, I think, um, I mean, I think for me, there's a couple things. One is that it's uh, provided a huge way for me to relieve stress. Um, and, you know, I, I do think the mental health aspect is huge. You know, I think when I'm able to run and blow off steam and release stress, you know that's really, really healthy for me um and also the physical the physical aspect you know is obviously great um but there's there's nothing that feels quite as good as being able to run and the way you feel afterwards, you know the endorphins mm-hmm. it gives you the way you feel, and then I think the other part of it is just the community, you know the friends that I've met um I would say that you know my some of my best friends through the years you know looking back to high school college you know now have been through people that i've run with you know because there's no better way to really connect with someone and go there with someone um through conversation than being on a run together you know so i think that those two things um have been really huge as far as running goes
1: yeah how what um what has been the high point or has there been a high point in running and then also the opposite what's the what would you say is the low point or or maybe you know high point experience or i know that you've done a lot of really cool races i don't know if it's there or it's just kind of an everyday thing
3: yeah i think i mean i think you know there's there's nothing that can beat the feeling of running a really good marathon you know and the way that you feel after after that and um or a race you know but in particular like executing a plan where you do a negative split and you feel really fit and fast you know that that would be definitely a high point you know i remember running chicago one year and i did that and i was trying to run a 340 um to qualify for boston at the time and i was on track to do that and then I had a little porta potty stop which took three minutes <laughs> and I got out of the porta a pot and Chris was like pacing me at the end and he's like you have three minutes to make up and it was in the last like two miles or three miles and I was like Ugh. and I just I held on to the pace I had been going but I finished in 343 but um oh, yeah. so I was disappointed but at the same time I ran a negative split. I felt great. I felt fast, you know? Um, and I mm-hmm. felt good, even though I didn't, even though I wasn't able to run a three forty. So that, I would say that those are some high points, you know, when you, when you're able to execute something like that and feel really good and, you know, reach a goal, um, uh, you know, and just every day high points are, you know, being able to like run with a friend and catch up. Um, the low points I think are just feeling sometimes like it's much harder than it should be. Um, you know, now I feel like I'm just so slow and I've gotten so slow and, you know, I try not to focus on the the pace, but, um, I would say that's tough sometimes when you look at where you were and where you are. Um, mm-hmm. it's hard to kind of reconcile that and also be okay with, with it, you know, I think that's yeah, that's probably challenging for all of us as we, you know, get older, go through different things, have kids, you know, our bodies change, different things happen, and I think it can be hard to, to you know, figure out how to be okay with that or if you should be okay with that, you know. Um, so I think that that is definitely something that I think about when I'm running now. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, Amy, I think
2: we've, we've all struggled with that, right? Whether it's just, um, you know, because we got sidetracked by an injury cycle, or we got older, or we, you know, whatever it might be, um, it's really hard not to compare ourselves to ourselves of years past, right? Or, our, yeah. you know, our, yeah. our runner self of years past. Um, so, I mean, even just being able to you know, to say that like a lot of people feel that way, but not necessarily say it. So yeah. Is there is there anything that you I mean, as much as we can, is there anything uh specific that you're training for right now? Any any
3: races on your horizon? No, I mean to be honest, um uh, right now I'm kind of in a I think the last I'm trying to think. The last marathon I did was CIM two thousand what year was last year? 2018. Um, and so I didn't do a, I did a half marathon 2019. So I, you know, I'm not, I've kind of, I guess, since it's been a while, since I've done a race, um, that's not really on my horizon right now. I joke that I just, I'm training for life (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I just, (laughs) you know, really just trying to move. Um, and I will say, I feel like I've been doing more, running since the whole COVID thing happened. It kind of correlated with spring break and we were supposed to go on a trip. So I already had time off. So, you know, I think I've been doing more mileage in general, but some of that's walking, you know, because I am walking too at times. Um, but anyway, just, I think my goal right now is just to stay moving. I'm having a little bit of a hard time grasping the virtual, the virtual thing, the virtual races and maybe I'll get there but it well, just you're you're
2: such a social creature that you know and and that's such a big part of of why you run that I can see how you'd be struggling with the virtual piece of it you're like that's not what it's about for me right so,
3: yeah, yeah 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 it's just the the you know like for me I guess because I feel so slow now you know it's like running a 5k um you know i i i appreciate the like when other people are doing it and we all come together and we're doing the same thing there's something that you know feels nice about the community part of it but um i'd kind of just yeah i don't know i i maybe have to just get there and feel like it would be fun <laughs> well i think for
2: a lot of people they need they need those virtual races or or something like that because they need that stake in the ground in order to have something to work toward and stay motivation yes right yes and you yes that that's not what you need in order to motivate you to run even though you haven't had a race in a year you still train right so yes exactly um, yeah i think one of the things that that our she squad especially all of our our moms out there um could learn from and it's something that i've always admired in your commitment to running is that even with a very busy, hectic life, very scheduled, little to no downtime, you know, sometimes you would have three soccer games, a baseball practice, a you know, dance recital all on Saturday. Somehow, Mm -hmm. you know, you and Chris would still make time to get your long run in. And I think a lot of our moms struggle with making time for themselves and making time for their own training. Um, So can you talk a little bit about why you do it and the the lengths that you go to in order to kind of protect that time?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to, you know, the the why, the why's of, you know, I think it's so good for mental health and physical health. And I think that, you know, if I didn't do, if I didn't, I, I don't, I hate waking up early, but. On Saturdays, you know, when Chris and I would go do the long runs at Rogue, um, I knew that if I had a babysitter come and get there, then I knew that I would have to do it. I would have to wake up. And then I always felt good afterwards. It was always great to get it done and know that I did something that was so good for myself um, before tackling the day. And, you know, I've, I think that at times, you know, it wasn't as long as we wanted or like Finley's games this last season all started started at eight thirty. And so he had to be there at eight. And so that meant if the run started at six or five thirty, you know, it would just be a shorter situation and I would have sometimes I would have the sitter take him to the warm up and then we would come and, you know, make it by the start of the game. So there were definitely things we had to do to get creative or, you know, Chris would do a longer run and I would do a shorter run and we would kind of, you know, switch off a little bit, but doing the babysitter, having the sitter come, you know, was key for us and something that we really, you know, felt strongly about. I know some couples where somebody will do a longer run Saturday and the other one will do a longer run Sunday. us, you know, it, it just, for me, I needed the social, um, motivation, you know, and for Chris, it's also part of his job, you know? So I think for us that worked to have the sitter come and, you know, I kind of wonder, does anyone wonder when we're going to have a group run again? It's kind (laughs) of (laughs) crazy, but now, now I'm like on Saturday, if I don't have to wake up for anything, you know, I'll sleep in. And then I found myself going later and it's just getting so hot, but it's really hard for me to make the, make the, um, set the alarm and get up early when, when I'm going alone, you know? Right.
1: Right. Yeah. So how do you think, um, your training has shaped uh, your kids and what they do?
3: You know, I think, um, that's an interesting question. I don't know. I think that they realize how important it is to try to be healthy and you know move like I always say like we need to move our bodies, you know, we need to go for a walk, and the reason we need to do that is it's healthy for us. You know, I think that they've seen that it is a priority to Chris and I to you know make um healthy choices in regards to running and, you know, they'll, they'll be like, Oh, you're sweaty. Did you run? You know? Um, (laughs) But I think, I think they see that and, you know, they've, maybe they become more interested in sports because that's something that we enjoy. I don't know, but I think they do realize that it's a healthy thing. And even though they don't always enjoy, you know, doing the runs right now or walking, Mm -hmm. I think that, they know, They know how important it is and um, how good it is for them, I think.
1: Do you think at all the influence of having their mom also be just as involved in in the sport of running or in, you know, I guess it's mostly running that, that you do, you know, does it influence you think how they see you and in what way do you think? I mean, especially I'm I'm also thinking sort yeah. of the June Cleaver thing versus, you know, I know that's a long time ago, but still. So yeah. Old.
3: <laughs> yeah. I think uh I think that they um like it's just always been a part of their lives, you know? So I don't mm-hmm. know I think that for them it's just normal that that I do it, you know. I mean, I don't run as much as Chris. I don't run as long as Chris, you know, but I think that they for them, it's just, like, something they've grown up with. So for them, I think it's just completely normal, you know? And
2: mm-hmm.
3: I think – um and, like, I've talked about the sports that I did in um, high school and, you know, the sports that I played. And I think – I think it's funny. I think Elena, you know, she kind of resisted – I mean, she's still young, but she was resisting the soccer thing. And then, um, you know, we, we – saw the women's world cup. And it was like, after that, she was like, I want to play soccer, you know, and just seeing the like strong women and women that love their sport and were so inspirational, you know, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, don't know. I think for them, it's just, it's been a completely normal part of their life. I remember, uh, I started, I joined rogue like to, for my own training group when Elena was six months, and um, I went to do that seaweeds marathon with you, Jen. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think Elena was about six months, and I brought my pump, and I'm just telling the story because it's kind of like an example of how it's just been a norm, a completely normal thing for them. But I brought my breast pump to pump milk after the half marathon, and I checked it in, And I remember talking, I think I talked to the, even the race director because you guys had a connection. And I was like, where can I, you know, pump after the marathon? And she's like, we'll just check it in. And then I remember like, anyway, I was all completely sweaty, just finished the half marathon. And then I just pumped after that. And it's kind of a weird thing, you know, but I think it was just like part of part of just the norm for all of us, you know? Mm-hmm. That I, makes sense. I
2: remember that vividly, Amy. And it was it was never a question. That that was what was so cool about it. Was you were just like, okay, I'm training. I'm doing this half marathon. Yep. I'm, you know, I'm still nursing a baby. I'm going to have to pump. So how do I do that? Right? You know, it wasn't a, well, should I do this or can I do this? It wasn't a question. It was more of a we just have to figure out how this works. Um, Which again, I think is really inspiring. You know, it's pretty remarkable. It was just,
3: um, you were just gonna make it happen. I think, yeah, uh, yeah, it was uh, was definitely weird. I think I was sitting there afterwards with one of my friends who went to Rice that ran at Rice and she met us, she lives in Toronto, but she met us in Vancouver. And I remember just sitting there with the pump attached (laughs) It was like, you know, <laughs> like covering everything and just sitting there afterwards. And, um, it's, you know, just kind of a weird, weird thing, <laughs> but, but also so normal at the time. the, you know, I think it was just like, we're just going to pump. And I, I think I probably dumped that milk. Cause, uh, who knows how dehydrated that milk was, <laughs> how salty <laughs> that milk would have been. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, that was, I think joining Rogue though at that time was really important for me because just figuring out how to get it done, you know, like I would go to work and then I would pump like, cause, you know, it was just one night a week, but I would pump on the way to Rogue, put it in the refrigerator. And, you know, I guess some parents could argue that that is really selfish because I could have been spending that extra hour, you know, with the kids, but for me, it was really important to have that and have a chance to try to feel like I was getting back in shape and getting healthier. Um, and then just for mental sanity, you know, like having, having a chance to do something for myself, I think that, that when you have three young kids is really important.
1: Yeah, I mean, you need to stay them. in shape.
3: Yeah, Sorry. yeah,
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like if yeah, you gotta you gotta chase him around. You gotta be in a little bit of shape. I mean, maybe that does it. But she's. Do you think? I mean. I know we've kind of heard about Elena, like Elena just seeing it since she was six months and, and seeing that, you know, women's soccer team and then really getting into playing soccer because she could relate to it. Do you think the boys have any reaction to all the activity you have done? I mean, I know they're super soccer stars too as well, but like, do have you ever overheard, oh, well, my mom ran, ran a marathon <laughs> or something? Like, <laughs> have has that ever <laughs> slipped out or something? <laughs>
3: um, you know, I... I haven't. But I think it's just because for them, it's just like, just as normal for me to do it all as Chris doing it. You know, it's funny, sometimes, sometimes they're like, Oh, well, um, I don't know, they'll, they'll ask me certain things about my job, or, you know, I know, but I guess they know, that i i I just I feel like for them they just look at us as equals, um you know, hmm. which is pretty cool well i yeah, i
2: I, cool. I absolutely agree like no know, knowing your family yeah i don't I just don't think the boys know it any other way, but I do think yeah. there's an interesting dynamic in a male dominant house, it's really the women in that house, in particular the little one um who kind of runs things so I think that's an interesting dynamic um, Will you talk a little bit about kind of Elena and you know how sport like just the confidence and um, yeah the, the things yeah, that, that sport brings her and how she handles
3: being the little sister to two big brothers. Yeah I mean she is she is like sometimes we call her sassy and she doesn't like that but Um, she'll be like, I'm not sassy, but she's, she is like, um, you know, the, the perfect combination of like girly, you know, she wears like the little princess girly nightgown, you know, and, um, and then she's the combination of that with like fierce. And I think having two older brothers, you know, maybe has created some of the fierceness, but she, um, When she started, you know, playing soccer, she just like, a lot of times they played boy teams because there weren't as many, there's not as many girl teams at that age as boy teams. So they had um, a lot of the seven-year-old girls playing the boy teams, but she just like, you know, there would be a boy that was like, like two times bigger (laughs) and Nelena just would (laughs) run up and like, you know, try to take the ball and wouldn't always succeed, but, you know, she, she didn't have hesitation and I love that about her. I mean, she is, she is fierce and confident and she's got a little sass, (laughs) but uh, I think all of those qualities, you know, if she continues to play sports or run, I mean, she on on a couple of these little runs we've been on like um, last last Friday we did, um, we ran the 2.23 miles, um, for, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, Jen, you know, or Maude. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we went, so we did that and, um, and I told the kids about the story and what happened and why we were doing it. And, you know, Elena never complained and she ran faster and, you know longer than her brothers like they were both walking and she was like hanging in there you know and then she got worried cuz Finley was walking and he was so far behind we couldn't see him and she's like someone's going to take Finley and I'm like no no one's going to take Finley <laughs> do will bring him back he'll talk he'll talk too much <laughs> they'll just, they'll bring him back for sure <laughs> so <laughs> they'll pick him up and then they'll drop him back off with us but uh anyway she you know she's just like she's she's got that drive you know and I love seeing that when she's running because I think she has great she already has like just it's natural for her you know um and it's fun to see that for sure yeah I That's I cool. love the I mean
2: the, the, the Armand story is tragic absolutely a horrible story I wish you didn't have to tell the kids but I love that you use that as a teaching moment and
3: um and then that, you know, motivated them to, to
2: go out. Yeah, and so. it's
3: interesting because when we were talking about it, you know, Finley said, well, why did they do that? You know, were okay. they racist? And he said it like, you know, like, it's just, it is, it's so sad when kids are like, they can't even understand the injustice, you know. I mean, they they can understand how unfair it is and and tragic it is, but they're also just like, but they don't get it, you know. Yeah, it's so crazy, and I mean, we don't get it either. But you know, um, anyway, I thought that was interesting that he asked, like, oh, were they racist? What? Like, why would they do that? You know, right?
2: Yeah, I think the moral of the story is runner moms raise fearless, confident kids.
3: I think that's what we can take away from this. <laughs> well, I, <don't> uh, <laughs> I don't think
2: that's what's happening. So, I mean, speaking of fear um, and uncertainty right now, so obviously COVID nineteen impacted every every person's life. Um, can you talk a little bit about you know how how it's impacted you you know
3: personally and professionally? Yeah, I mean, personally. It's just, you know, one thing I keep on saying is it's so crazy. Like, I look back at February, and I look back at everything we did. We had a really busy February. We went to Atlanta to see the Olympic trials. We celebrated my birthday. We, um, I met two of my friends from Rice um, that were both runners at Rice, I met them in Sedona for a weekend. I mean, we just had one. I had one of those Februarys that was like soccer tournaments and social things. And it felt like a really, really full month. And then to go from that to everything that unfolded in March, I just keep on saying how crazy it is. Like, it was just, it's just so crazy, Um, you know, because we, I think everyone saw, you know, kind of what was going on in China and then Italy and then when it started in Italy it was like man this is not looking good but i don't think we realized how quickly and how much things would unfold here i mean maybe some people did i certainly it kind of came out of nowhere so with work um everything kind of all of a sudden went from being really really busy to you know, the, the governor and Texas Medical Board saying no elective procedures, and then very specifically saying that includes dermatology offices, and that includes every procedure that you do in a dermatology office. So all of a sudden, you know, most of, I would say over 70% of my staff was furloughed, and we were transitioned to do tele, telemedicine visits. And even so, I was probably a fifth a fifth as busy as I my t- normally am as I normally am. Um, and so it just seemed like it changed so quickly. And I know for everyone, you know, around the world, and certainly there's been a lot of people who have been hugely impacted by this on economic levels. And, but it, for me, it just came very quickly and very suddenly and it felt extremely stressful. Um, which is why some of that running really helps, you know, and (sighs) going for those runs and walks because all of a sudden it was like, well, I don't even know what, because I'm production-based. It was like, I don't even know what I'll be paid and when I'll be paid normally. And, you know, all of that seemed stressful. Um, And then also, you know, dealing with um, the stress of, feeling feeling chris's stress too with rogue and not knowing when he was really um quick i feel like to understand the flattening the curve you know and what the need to stop group runs and to stop people from going inside and using the bathrooms at rogue and you know, i felt like he was on top of that but also that was he was holding a lot of stress with everything unfolding quickly and and needing to make those decisions. So, um, and then you had three kids with not going back after spring break, canceling our Mexico trip over spring break. I mean, there were a lot of things that were happening uh, very quickly. And, and so it's been stressful for sure. (laughs) I mean, it has been, uh, it has been very stressful and I think when school, when the school year ends in a couple of weeks, that will take some of the stress away. But then you're still thinking like when I don't, I think all the camps will be canceled. In fact, I, I need to camp cancel one. They're going to do their first overnight camp this summer. And I have a feeling that's not going to happen. But the camp saying it is still happening and I'm like, I just need to call it and cancel it. And you know, Uh, But anyway, that I think there's just been a lot of stress, I know, for everybody, but um, it's been just crazy. (laughs) Absolutely.
2: I I know you alluded to this a little bit, but, you know, how how has how has COVID-19
3: impacted your running? I think just the volumes gone up, you know, I, I would say I was getting I got into a I don't I don't know if it was a rut or it was just what was happening. but Work felt so busy, um, and I'm on my feet most of the day at work, and so I feel like um, work was so busy, the kids' commitments were so busy that I was running maybe three times, like doing a Wednesday run with Rob, running Saturday morning, and then another time, and then trying to do like a strength workout one or two times a week. Um, I was doing this class called Solid Core. And then so that shifted and then I feel like now I'm I'm getting in like five to six days of running now um, just because there's less activities, you know, there's less things on the weekends. Like someone's like, oh, what are you doing this weekend? I'm like, oh, hmm, let's see. We have nothing planned, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which before it was like, oh, we have three soccer games on Saturday and one on Sunday. And like you said, Jen, a ballet recital, and you know, and we're doing a long run, and you know, so and meeting changed. us for dinner, and you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you know, it's just now, it's just. I mean, I laugh when someone's like, "What are you doing for the weekend?" Because <laughs> it's like, well, I mean, nothing really. <laughs> There's nothing on the schedule, so that has made, um, you know, I don't really have for my long runs right now. I'm just kind of like oh, you know, eight to 10, 11, if I'm at a, and then I also am okay walking some at the end if I'm not feeling it, you know? Um, So that's kind of where I am right now, but definitely I would say the volume's gone up, which has been good.
1: Mm -hmm. Good Yeah. It's funny how
3: (laughs) post-COVID.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I live right across the street from a park in Denver now and I'm just in awe of the number of people out there. I mean, in a way it's actually, if you had to say, well, the benefit of COVID has been the increase in uh, the amount of people getting out and doing exercise. And you can't complain about that at all. Yeah.
3: It seems like a lot more people are getting out. And I mean, I've heard people say, I never knew all these people ran in my neighborhood or, you know, I've gone for walks and um, it's kind of, you know, I would say one thing, um, even with running, you know, like just talking about the COVID stress, even with running, I feel like there's this feeling of, um, I mean, I don't know if you guys have, Jen, you probably haven't felt this because you're, you're out in the country, but, you know, it's like, I'll run. I've been trying to avoid the the Talmud Trail. So the last time I went was probably like this we're in week 9 now. So the last time I went was probably week 7 and it was before they decided to make it one way and try to reduce some traffic. But the last time I went was on a Sunday and it was so crowded that you know, each person you pass you're thinking I I'm definitely going to get covid if they have it because everyone it was so packed. But I just feel like there's a there's a little bit of an added stress um because every person that I pass now, there's like either this urgency to make sure that we're six feet apart or, you know, some people seem not to care and then they're just, they don't move at all to get out of out of the way out of the sidewalk. But then some people are over overly, like they're jumping in the bushes when you try to pass them and you're like, okay, I don't know. I feel like there's also this thing that's happened where there's judgment, you know, people are judging people for running with another person or, you know, there's a lot of that going on too. Um, Like on social media, I've noticed that people that aren't running with other people, you know, sometimes post something about how it's crazy that they saw two people running together or something, you know, so there's a, just a lot of stuff going on right now with the, with everything.
1: Yeah. It's it. I've noticed the same thing here in different circles and. I think it's scary. I mean, it's all scary, so it's hard to do it. It's hard to know what to do and it's hard not to pass judgment and then, yeah, that's that's a really good point.
3: I know. Yeah. I find myself wanting to be the covid police sometimes because I'm like, you know, like I saw um we had a little car parade for the te- one of the Absolutely. teachers and I saw all these fifth grade girls hanging out together on the street and I'm like, why are they hanging out? My kids haven't seen anyone for 9 weeks. You know, and then, but then I'm like, okay, everyone's going to make different decisions now, especially now that Texas is opening back up, you know, and it's like, I know people are going to make <laughs> different decisions and people are going to do different things with running. And it's not my job to be the COVID police, but I feel like
1: it is. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all do. It's hard not to because you're just trying to balance what's best for you. And then sometimes it gets confusing. Well, this may be best for others. And well, how does it impact me? So, yeah, it makes, makes the whole running thing yeah. so curious because you're, yeah, it's, it's it's a tough time. It is. I was going to switch gears just a little mm-hmm. bit um, towards the book since that's one of the big parts of the training group. And I know from, mm-hmm. from yesterday, uh, many people <laughs> haven't really done anything more than purchase, <laughs> which is cool. Um, but I thought I could sort of start with, because uh, you mentioned <laughs> earlier, running with rice and the rice team were you ever aware of any differences that the coaches made when it came to the training, nutrition, maybe eating disorders, periods, was, was there anything in that realm um, while you were at Rice that you noticed, even if it wasn't like super obvious, maybe behind the scenes or.
3: Yeah. I, I mean, I think that um, the biggest thing where I noticed a difference I think the you know, the rights coach, I think was really good and really good about tailoring some of the um, training, you know, to, to, because it was a woman's team, you know, focusing on the women. But I did, I think with eating and eating disorders and nutrition, I think that is where I noticed um, the biggest issues. And I mean, I would say that it would have, it was rare, um, to have someone that, that didn't have some sort of eating disorder, you know, whether it was just eating junk food. Like I had a friend that just ate cookie dough sometimes and that was all she would eat all day. And which is terrible for you, you know, um, or just just and I think that the coach tried to delicately handle those issues because like one of, one of my friends, um, gained a lot of weight and she went from and she got slower and slower than high school. You know, she wasn't performing where they expected her to perform her freshman (laughs) year. And, um, you know, with a male coach, and it's, those issues can get really tricky and how, how, you know, how do you address nutrition and bring it up, um, in a way that isn't directly related to weight in a sport where potentially weight does play a role, you know? So I, I did notice some of those things going on. Um, and
1: I would say that overall there's, there's a lot of that stuff's hard yeah, to talk about. It is. Do you think the coach, uh, you know, in terms of this book where she, she spends a lot of time, I think it's, uh, you know, kind of obvious from the title in a sense about how you can utilize your physiology, you know, hormone changes, how you, how women burn fat, store carbs different than men. Do you think there was any at that time or much knowledge about this, that the coaches or staff support staff are able to integrate in? or did you mostly notice male training? <laughs> I think it
3: Yeah, I think at that time probably not. I don't think it was it was as either either I mean maybe it was known about but I don't think it was talked about. Um gosh, I can't even think of a time where anyone talked about like periods or you know having PMS and how that could affect races. I don't think any of that was acknowledged or discussed, you know? And I mean, I think about it now, like even if I go out for a run and I'm like about to start my period, you know, sometimes I just feel terrible and I'm like, why do I feel Mm -hmm. so bad, you know? And then my period will start and I'll be like, oh, (laughs) that's why, you know? And I, it's gotta affect people's races, marathons, track meets, like, all of that has to play a role. But, you know, I think a lot of those things get tricky when you have a male coach and a bunch of females, Um, you know, some of those issues probably, I mean, especially how many years ago was that? 20 years ago, 22 years ago, some of those issues were probably even more, I don't want to say taboo Mm -hmm. to talk about, but you know, I doubt that the coach was like, Hey, were you on, uh, when you're at the end of your cycle, uh, when you raced this indoor truck? Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, I just, yeah, I don't think any of that was really addressed. And I know, I do know he tried to talk about nutrition and like making healthy choices. I I do feel like that was, and you know, we ate a lot of our meals together, um, that year because they, you know, a lot of our. Practices would end after the dining hall was closed. So we would have a, you know, we would have a meal together. Yeah. So I think he probably was watching a lot of, you know, what people ate, um, and tried to encourage like healthy choices sometimes. But I think it's hard. It becomes a really sensitive thing when, when nutrition's directly tied to weight that can, that could directly be tied to
1: performance whether you think it is or not, you know, I think all of those things can become um, yeah. tricky. Very tricky. And the and the conversations. I was, um, another big piece of yeah. the book too talks about, and this is a long so topic, so we'll probably also talk about it with you in the book group, but just in general, like, or yeah. maybe a shorter version, like what's, the, what has been the biggest impact on your life uh, pre or pre-child and post-child? Like, so what are some of the things that differences you've noticed, maybe even trying to come back after post baby? I know it's a big topic. Sorry.
3: (laughs) I think, yeah, I mean, I think initially, you know, um, like I was talking about the pumping and the, the, you know, there's, there were definitely changes where initially I was, my body wasn't all mine, you know, like I was producing milk and, You know, like I think, and I think a lot of the, the, I mean, I definitely gained weight, or I have gained weight at certain points, you know, and obviously when you're pregnant and then pregnant three times, you know, you, you, everyone gains weight differently during pregnancy, but um, that was a big thing for me, like getting, getting back in shape. I ran through my pregnancies. Um, in fact, my, when I look back at my first pregnancy, I, I'm pretty sure I was having contractions, but I didn't realize it was contractions. <laughs> when I was running at the end towards the end. Um, but you know, I think that the just carrying weight differently plays a big role in how you feel running as well, you know, with that weight. And so I think that's probably been yeah. a big thing. Um, you know, and just trying to feel healthy at different points and where you are, you know, and how your body changed or, you know, like (laughs) where, and figuring out how to like support, you know, nursing
1: boobs, you know, (laughs) and like, I'm not flat chested. So like all of those things have definitely played a role. It will be interesting to... Obviously, we could do a whole podcast on this in itself. So we'll we'll probably save it and quiz you a lot more about other things because I definitely have more questions. <laughs> Especially so, yeah, for sure. Exactly. So speaking of
2: you know challenges with our bodies that affect running, I know you are uh, really affected by heat and humidity for running. Your sweat angels are legendary. Um, so I, and I think, you know, a lot of our shoe squad trains in this type of condition. So, you know, we'll learn more about kind of some of the things, some of the tactics, um, for dealing with heat and humidity running in the roar book, but can you share just some of your personal tips on acclimating and training in the heat?
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, having, you know, and this goes back to when you're asking about my goal, but I think having some sort of goal to get through the summer, whether it's just joining a group and having that um, motivation, like for me, you know, continuing Rogue through the summer has been really helpful because it's like, I'm doing it, you know, I'm going to show up at six o'clock on Wednesday night, even when it's 98 or a hundred. And I'm going to do, do the run. Now I'm going to adjust the run to, to, you know, I'm feeling. Um, I'm going to go slower. I'm not going to look at my watch as much, you know, but I think having accountability really helps in the summer and then dealing with the heat. I, I mean, I'm, I struggle. I really struggle. Um, there's times when I'm like, why am I doing this? This can't even be good for my body. (laughs) Um, you know, my fingers swell a lot. I sent Jen a picture of my hot dog fingers um, a minute ago. But, when I get out in this humidity, like i my fingers swell, and if i I realize that if I take the um like the hammer electrolytes, if I take two every thirty minutes um in these conditions, my fingers swell a lot less. so I mean there's something directly related to the electrolyte balance and how my body retains fluid um and I think getting on top of that's really important, drinking you know the noon and the, elect- the electrolytes. And honestly, I haven't been very proactive because now I'm wearing two masks at work. And so I'm not drinking the fluid that I need to be drinking during the day at work. And then I'm not going to lie. I like coffee and I like wine. And so <laughs> those two things are not in my favor, running in the humidity. But um, I need to start being more proactive you know, with the electrolytes. And that would be my biggest advice is just... Mm-hmm. Trying to make sure not just drinking water, but you're also drinking the water with electrolytes
1: when you can, to prepare for this, to prepare prepare for the weather and the humidity. Yeah, that's really good advice. It's can either make or break a run sometimes if you're oh yeah. hot or even like how dehydrated you are. Um. So yeah. other than that, for the she squad, you have they're in week two of their training program. Do you have any other ad- ad- advice for them? as they get started? I think just, you know, being, following um,
3: the program as much as you can at the beginning will be really helpful because then you're setting the groundwork, you know, to build up. And if you don't set the groundwork and all of a sudden you're in week six, especially with all the other stress and COVID and everything else going on, you know, I think it's going to be more challenging with the heat and the weather to jump in. So I think just just laying the groundwork and doing everything you can right now will really be helpful.
2: Yeah. Perfect advice. That's great advice. <laughs> so we're gonna wrap up with a couple of fun questions. So if you could pick any person in the entire world to go on a run with, who would it be? You
3: <laughs> <Jen>? <laughs> um yeah I mean, it would be great to go on and run with you Yeah, me? that would be great right now <laughs> um man I think that I I don't think I I mean I I am gonna say you because I'm talking to you but I do think it's challenging to Aww. choose one person because gosh I've had I've run with so many people you know um and had great runs with so many different people what about Justin Timberlake oh man yeah I have some (laughs) Justin Timberlake tights that my friend Krista gave me and I haven't worn those yet but they have his face all over them (laughs) and if I could put on those tights and then go for a run with Justin Timberlake that would be pretty great so, if that's he, for sure who I thought you were going to say. <laughs> wife, Jessica Biel, joins the She Squad, and if she can make that happen, that would be amazing. We'll Put out that. a call to the go. podcast. <laughs> yeah, we we'll do this game. We do this game with um, the kids called "Would You Rather." You know? Oh yeah. And they're like, "Would you rather pick out lice from Justin Timberlake's head or cut his toenails?" And I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why? Is this a question?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because they're
2: kids. (laughs) Oh, God. I know. I know.
1: So uh, where would your dream run destination be? Oh,
3: somewhere cold right now. (laughs) But I think, uh, you know, I I really like running um, on the water, like where I can see like a lake or ocean. Mm -hmm. But it's got to be not super humid you know I had some great runs in um Slovenia and Croatia beautiful runs so I mean if I could go back there and do some runs right now that would be pretty awesome Mm, that
1: does sound nice but I do
3: like running on the water I like we we went to Colorado for um for a, a meeting
1: one time in Aspen and running there was pretty amazing too so I'm jealous of you in Colorado right now. <laughs> yeah, it's still can be a little bit of half-tight weather. So it's it's nice still. <laughs> yeah,
3: pretty nice. So anything either of you want to add before we wrap up today? No, just I'm excited to be part of this little adventure. Um, I think when Jen called me to ask about it, I was feeling sorry for myself on a dismal day. Thinking about, you know, all the uncertainty of everything right now with just work and kids and are they going to go back in the fall and what's going to happen? And so I think this is a good, uh, good distraction and excited to be part of it.
2: Awesome. We, we're glad you joined forces with us. Um, so for our she squad, if you guys have questions for Dr. McClung, please post them in our she squad Facebook group. And of course, join us on the Thursday uh, Zoom happy hours every Thursday, 6 p.m. Central. Amy is a key part of our group. She and Ruth and I will will be there. And um, don't forget to read chapter one of the book before, for this Thursday Zoom. And then if we learned anything from Amy, it's that we can find time for what's important to us. So commit to your training. Do yeah. it. Thanks, Amy.
0: There you go. Amy McClung, my wife. Now you can see why I love her so much. Thanks to her for sharing her story. Thanks to Jenna and Ruth for leading that conversation. So with that, we'll wrap this episode. As always, you can check us out at roguerunning.com or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Roguerunning. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon.